Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, Hello. I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're upbringing, what's it, we're here, we're tired, <laughs> we're, we're really with tired. you, we're struggling with our sensitive and spirited kids and want to talk about it, we can't be the only ones, uh-uh, no, nope, we're here to talk about ways we can use powers beyond control in our discipline moments, in those tough moments that we want to punish and, <sighs> and uh, disconnect ourselves and show our kids what they can and can't do and just teach them and we end up getting a little bit into uh, a kind of hand of white patriarchy creeping into our into our homes and and uh, not really supporting us in supporting our kids when they need us the most so we're here to talk about yes big picture things beliefs um, values alignment all of that but also just diving into the minutiae <clears throat> things that drive you wild the things that you struggle with the most the things your children struggle with the most um, baby to teen, whatever age. We talk a lot about partners. <laughs> we talk about the relationship milestones we've made together, Hannah and me. We're growing, mm-hmm. right? We're working on it. Yeah, the least exciting moments with the people that matter most. Mm-hmm. That's what we love talking about. Okay. <laughs> Someone says, please. Um, oh, they say, today was a parenting failure. I need all the advice for a strong-willed six-year-old. Oh, oh lay it on us. Yeah, Sorry no failure. Hard. No failures, though. All progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know what's happening. Everyone dive in and big feelings, challenging behaviors, sensitive and spirited kids. Um, that's what we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. To build our awareness, support some skills, get yeah. curious. I think the, the big conspiracy is that 
uh, when we became parents, we, be- <clears throat> we were handed this control toolbox that we don't believe in, yeah. right? We have all these these values and these ideals and these dreams for our kids, for our relationship, for that heavy responsibility we have to <clears throat> mold them into good humans and teach them all the things. Um, but the tools we were given aren't always necessarily trustworthy. They're not going to get us exactly where we want to go. And they're perpetuating this inherited family legacy of using control and parenting mm-hmm. and teaching that <clears throat> hierarchical, institutional, one-way uh, kind of approach, right? Yeah. So that's so much of, of what we're doing isn't just having a better day, you know. Getting um, through. Connecting surviving. with our kid, building their skills, right? Um, but it's also rewriting this this legacy of parenting, this legacy of being in relationship with another person. Yeah, so much of the growing up makes us reflect on our own childhoods and what we went through. What was our sibling dynamic like? How was was power used or abused in our home? Um, Mm -hmm. How often did we feel connected? How often did we have a voice or feel seen and heard, especially when we struggled? Yeah. Someone asks, having a hard week, having a hard time, quote unquote, with my four-year-old, taking him uh, and the two-year-old twice a day and having to carry the older one back to the car every time because he's not responding to the time. Mm. That's really tricky. Having trouble leaving Mm -hmm. the park. Yeah, absolutely. We've certainly experienced that. And we've been experiencing it a lot lately, just trying to separate our kids at the end of the day. They've been together a bit. And it's like, it's so impossible to drag them away from each other. It ends up being that often that physical drag that's so Mm -hmm. hard, especially tricky when we work so hard in the moment. We're like, okay, I I planned ahead. We have something to like move on to that's exciting, right? Mm -hmm. We've planned a strategy. So I make an animal sound and they hear me and come running. Mm -hmm. We've created some sort of transition to the car. I've gotten down on their level. I've connected. Mm -hmm. I've been patient. I've created a new agreement in the moment on the Mm -hmm. fly and they still won't do it. Mm -hmm. But that's when we say, wait a second, it's not won't. It's can't. Can't, right? So in those moments, they're just showing us they can't. And having to to lovingly take them to the car, drag them off the playground or the party or whatever it is, isn't um, a failure. It isn't taking steps back. It's actually teaching them very lovingly, helping their body, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's the key is loving. And by the time we have to carry a kid screaming from the park or you know, into school or back into their bedroom for nighttime sleep or whatever it is, um, we're done. Like, we're, our we're patience toast. has waned. I think so much of, of going into these conflicts, these disagreements, they're not the worst. We're trying to look at them as as opportunities. It's so much about thinking about your energy level, thinking about your tension, thinking about your anxiety. Where are you right now? Are you getting close to yelling? Or do you feel like you have maybe five or 10 more minutes of this? You know, tune in to, to your reserves. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you need to force the issue at the park a little bit sooner because if you keep waiting to where you were when you felt that feeling in your chest, that's when you end up dragging them off with the like scary grimace or whatever it is instead of saying, I know you wanted to stay. I know you didn't like our agreement. I hear you. Right. That's what we hopefully want to be saying. And so much of, of these goals, uh, these goals that we have at upbringing, uh, depends on us comporting ourselves in a relaxed way. But we, so we can't do that until we've self-regulated, until we've worked on our beliefs that mm-hmm. this is not an emergency, this is not wrong, this is not terrible, it doesn't have to be. There's nothing wrong with my kid. There's nothing wrong with me having to carry him out. 
It just needed some help. Yeah, she said, thanks for the reminder that it should be a loving carry. Sometimes it feels like a punishment because he hates it so much. Yeah. Yeah, leaving the park mm-hmm. is its own punishment. He doesn't want to go, mm-hmm. right? And having to be carried isn't fun, but, mm-hmm. you know, he'll he'll kind of figure out and find ways little by little to, to calm and listen and focus and execute heading back to the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone mentioned it's so hard going against the grain of my own conditioning. When things happen and I have to respond in the moment, I end up saying what comes to mind. How do I hijack my nervous system? Or like, how do you hijack back? Because your nervous system has hijacked you essentially in those mm-hmm. moments. We get it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the hardest. We were talking today with a coaching client <clears throat> about recognizing those moments we feel hijacked. Mm-hmm. Um and trying to just keep building in a bigger window or a pause of realization before that, and then farther before that, and then farther before that, and farther before that. That that window of, of tolerance or window of peace or balance or mm-hmm. pause um, gives us that time to say, what's happening? To bring our brains from the back reactive to the front, to say, wait a second, what's happening? What do I need? What do they need? What's my How intention? can I respond rather than react? And so we're going to get surprised, and that's great information to us later after we freak out. Okay, so my nervous system really struggled through that moment. What about that moment? When do those moments happen? How can I start giving myself a little heads up before I go into bedtime because that's a triggered time? Mm -hmm. Before I try and get my resistant two-year-old in their car seat. Yeah, or when they ask for the second cookie, we Mm -hmm. can see where this is headed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so tricky, though. Yeah, we're here for you. That's the the practice, and it's progress over perfection. It's hard because we have to be working in in that big picture of like, okay, the last five times this happened, here's where I'm headed. We have to be Mm -hmm. thinking long-term. But we also get shoved into that minute, dragged into that minute, talk about being hijacked so often, so many times, to think of it kind of like that Groundhog Day, whoop, get another chance, whoop, get another chance, whoop, get another (laughs) chance, right? But so much of it is just working our self-regulation game and choosing maybe even a script. If you go in there saying whatever pops out of your head first, how can you, you rewrite that with one sentence ahead of you, time? You practice. Think about it. Mm-hmm. How's yeah. everyone doing in here? I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. Or okay, okay. And just remember as you're flying into the, the heat of the fire, just say okay, okay, right. okay, okay. Less is more. Yeah. For sure. We wish you all the luck alongside mm-hmm. you in the self-reg uh, game. Someone said, my son is about to be four years and he just started testing boundaries. He started saying no ignoring us, screaming, hitting, and I feel so guilty at the end of the day of how I handled some situations. Oh, thanks for writing in. I mean, oh my gosh. And you said boundaries, again, typed in, or the choices for how to leave that I'm giving. Hmm. I have so much anxiety going out alone with the two of them now because of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was, oh, sorry. That was the park one. Oh yeah. Sorry. So this is back to the the five-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old who won't leave the park and have to drag, right? Yeah, I remember that feeling of anxiety, like what is going to happen? And um, don't forget that you can talk about it with your older kid. Yeah. Say, oh, you know, bringing little brother, little sis, I got to stay with them sometimes and we got to be a team. What's our plan? And they'll be like, I don't know what do you mean. And you could say, well, notice sometimes, like every time, (laughs) I notice sometimes you struggle to leave the park when it's time. And we set an agreement for the time and I, I, <clears throat> I make the noise, I give you a warning, all the things, and you don't want to come. What's up with that? And see what he says. If he's like, playing's fun. I like playing. Be like, I love playing too. And that's why I'm so glad that we can be visiting this park and I can watch you play. I love watching you play. What was the thing you played on most? What was that thing called again? Okay, we're connecting about it, right? <clears throat> what can we do to be on the same page? Because sometimes I feel like, you're wanting to stay at the park naturally because the park is so great. 
And I'm wanting to get us home because it's your little brother's nap or because daddy or mommy's going to be waiting there for us. Or because um, something fun is happening to me. Right, or because to. it's getting dark and mm-hmm. um, we've got to go to have our dance party before dinner, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So what should we do? Like a three, four-year-old, even that young, can try to engage. And if nothing, <clears throat> we're conditioning them to say, we're together on this. Mm-hmm. I've noticed this thing that I never want to bring up because I'm so terrified that it's going to get worse. This whole you never wanting to leave the park and have to get dragged out of it thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bravely bring it up outside the moment when you're receptive and we're connective in our circle back. Mm-hmm. hope that helps with the park. So that back to this person who has an almost four-year-old who's finally starting to say no, ignoring, screaming, hitting. And I mean, first of all, we always want to normalize and say, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Their resistance is that representation of our kid's beautiful spirit, mm-hmm. right? That we want to be nurturing and protecting and not letting walk all over us and burn the house down, right? Mm-hmm. But that we don't also want to be squashing or minimizing or punishing in any way. So all of those behaviors, totally normal, stepping into their sense of self, saying, wait a second, I'm separate from mom and dad or mm-hmm. other caregiver. I, I can say no. I or can differentiate. I say no and this thing happens. This is interesting. I'm sensing some mm-hmm. heat. I'm curious about... When I hold fast or when I say no, even just to see what happens, Mm -hmm. this thing that's going on, it's interesting. And I'm going to keep testing that. That's Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about yet. Well, and that awareness is there. And then there's also that lack of awareness still of the personal needs of Mm -hmm. how the progress in how upset they're getting, right? The communication strategies Mm -hmm. aren't quite there. So that can also create uh, meltdowns, high, Mm -hmm. uh, low frustration tolerance, you Mm -hmm. know, um, yeah, anger from zero to 100 really quickly. And to just sum up how we would kind of lean in fresh to this new, fresh resistance of your young, young kid is to think about instead of the behaviors, which we kind of look at as these choppy waves on the surface of the water and so distracting and splashy. And what we really want to be doing instead is putting our goggles on going underneath and looking for those needs. What's going on under the surface? What is our kids struggling with? What are they needing right now? What are they needing less of? Right? What, what's my awareness what's going on there will in- affect my approach to my child, and my awareness will contribute mm-hmm. to their awareness. Right? You know. So when our kids are resisting us and saying no and not upholding <clears throat> boundaries and testing it, all of this in the most beautifully important way, their brains are developing, and this is helping their brains. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't want to be like not helping our relationship with <laughs> doing undermining, undermining our relationship through that through that time. So what mm-hmm. we're going to be using is what we call a resist approach. So it's a loose six-step model for um, for moving through a conflict with our kids so that we don't resort to the things that come right away when our kids resist and say no and push back and break boundaries, which is <clears throat> consequences, on my terms, now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking, That's how we've been conditioned to think that kids will learn and that's the way that we should teach. And the rest of the time, we're just totally triggered and acting (laughs) from our instinct. Um, So we run through that conversation and that conversation helps us key in and focus on our kids' needs so that they can key in and focus on their needs so that they can advocate for those needs Mm -hmm. in a a better way. And then those times that we can't Mm -hmm. because we're human, because we're... We weren't shown these skills. We're learning these skills as we go, as Mm -hmm. we're teaching them to our child. Those moments where you said you were feeling a little bit guilty about how you handled some of those situations, that's okay. So we just mentioned, I feel like I've said it three times, progress over perfection, that Mm -hmm. we're all learning these things, that we weren't taught these things, that we just the effort of the awareness and the the attempt with the good intention 
um, is so much progress. And I would say starting on identifying those situations when you struggle and maybe starting on a few of them instead of all of them, just saying these other ones, I'm not going to handle well and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on this one bath time one that, that I can, I feel like I can really work on and practice with, right? And also I think that the practice that we're doing once, you know, when four-year-olds come into their own and you're like, wow, I have to build some squil- skills like really quick. Squills. Squills. <laughs> um, you threw me off now. I'm sorry. I remember what Four-year-olds I coming into their own and, and you realizing that you have to build all these skills. That's the gist. <laughs> it's gone. I'm sorry. Oh, we're getting squilled, everyone. Oh my gosh. What else here? Well, anyway, see. one last thing oh, okay. on the four-year-old. Okay. Never underestimate the power of human connection. That's right. what the resistance. Oh, that you can humor. circle back. Yeah. No, but that you can circle oh. back with this, four- this four-year-old. The, d- the times we don't show yeah, up yeah. in the way that we want. Yeah. Start practicing in the easier ones. Start- just choose one. Mm-hmm. Do something like that to just start building those skills and building that awareness. And then give yourself a pass for the rest of them. And mm-hmm. and even if – there we are. I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> even if we just get to, okay, we stayed calm. Mm-hmm. We came in calmly. We got down, you know, with both of our kids on their level. We discussed a little bit. And then we jumped up, screamed, and slammed the door. That's still progress. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to remember that uh, these, like, binary success and failure and dealing with our kids' um, challenges, Mm -hmm. you know, adaptively is not that that simple. And Mm -hmm. I think that any progress at all is so good. So keep remembering those micro steps. Give yourself some credit. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I just had, was thinking about four-year-olds and thinking because my son's a four and he resists everything, mm-hmm. everything, everything, everything. And he has since he was born, basically. Um, he's got a very sensitive nervous system. <laughs> he's very strong-willed and he's wonderful. Um, and humor has, has gotten us mm. where we are. We're, uh, we're, cl- we're closer than we ever were. We can make it through conflict. We're, we're both problem-solving side-by-side more often than not. And I think humor was mm-hmm. one of the hugest things that – that really helps our son um, connect. It That's was his, his love language magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> what else is going on? There was a nine month old. Thanks for one sharing that, Kel. Okay. Someone says, nine month old spirited baby has had a tame week, which makes me think I'm crazy for believing he's spirited. I feel like I've struggled since he was born, but good times make me think I've overreacted. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. Make you think you've overreacted hmm. just to, to his <clears throat> nervous system or your nine months nervous system? Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. But I don't, I don't know what overreacting would be. Maybe just mm-hmm. in terms of um, worries or, or just ca- overcaring for him or I don't know. I don't think you can overcare for a baby. And I think that, um, you know, uh, some of these things are temperament. They're f- kind of fixed. And some of the things that our babies and our toddlers and mm-hmm. our kids do are developmental and circumstantial. Mm-hmm. And temporal, they're not going to last forever, right? And so I think that instead of trying to, you know, predict what's going to happen or who they're going to be, or think back and say that's not the same as now, mm-hmm. I think we can just continue to just, honor. Just our be kids. grateful <laughs> right, now. <laughs> right now that you're in a good patch uh, or more less challenging patch. Thank you. And um, and remember that what was I going to say? <laughs> Again, Kelsey. Oh my gosh! Just meet our kids where they are. Sometimes they're spirited. Honor the today. Honor them today. Who they are. Meet them. Today is all we have. They're showing us who they are, what they need, Mm -hmm. where they are, in this moment. (laughs) Okay. What else? Okay. Someone else said, "My three and a half year old is stuck in a pattern of hitting, biting, scratching when she doesn't get what she wants." With us, it could be another cookie, another TV episode. With other kids, it's sharing. So it's stuck in a pattern, this three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, there it is. 
<clears throat> I don't know how to break this cycle. Yeah. And someone yeah. else said, my daughter's three years old. How do you typically handle it when <clears throat> she hits and bites and scratches? Because mm-hmm. that is the key to breaking the cycle more often than not, mm-hmm. um, is thinking about the way that we show up in those tough moments, right? So let's say your daughter, who's three and a half, um, wants another cookie or <clears throat> she wants another TV episode, which is coming up t- off TV and sugar is when I'm the most <laughs> like, yeah. give me more, uh, right. first of all. So first of all, yeah. I got to give this little, <laughs> this little lady some grace and some, yeah. um, some understanding for mm-hmm. wanting more of something she was really digging, right? Mm-hmm. So understandable. Um, and I think that, 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 that moment of empathy is what leads us into, um, not wanting to change those feelings, mm-hmm. right? If we understand them, if we can look at them as valuable, we're going to be able to say, you want another cookie? Oh, I know. What kind of cookie would you yeah. have wanted? Or full on tantrum, <clears throat> scratching, really taking it up a level. Mm-hmm. I know you wanted it. I'm going to keep you safe. We're going to make some space. Mm-hmm. You're not doing the We're going to call. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm just like, I was thinking about what I was going to say. I'm going to make some space. I'm going to keep you safe. I know you really wanted another cookie. I know. I know you wanted it. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Right. I get it. Right? We're going to give mm-hmm. our kids that sense of validation and acknowledgement. Security. I see you. <clears throat> Your impulse to pursue something you want is really good. That's so and good to have. Not just your impulse, but your inability to regulate your nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And regulate your brain st- state and your balance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why three and a half, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. and older kids get in a pattern of biting, scratching, hitting is when they, their abilities to meet the demands of the world are exceeded by those demands and expectations and they yeah. can't cope. And so they, yeah. they lose it. And a three and a half year old, that is so normal that they would be yeah. doing that. Absolutely. So yeah. it's not a pattern and it's not always necessarily like something something break. you've conditioned or like, oh my gosh, we're in a pattern. We have to get out and break the cycle. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it can feel though. Cause you're just like, when is this going to stop? How mm-hmm. do I, you know, work with yeah. this? But I think seeing it as totally normal and something that w- will ebb and flow and that our job isn't about fixing it, controlling it, stopping it. Our job is helping to normalize it mm-hmm. and to de-escalate I know, our but the stuff, little white right? dude on our shoulder is like, <laughs> why would you normalize supporting your kid when they're doing this bratty, ridiculous thing, right? right. Scratching, hitting, clawing, <laughs> tantruming on the floor. That's just a, a call for attention. That's what mm-hmm. the voice tells us. Don't be fooled by this manipulative little three-and-a-half-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yes, three-and-a-half-year-old. Don't yeah. be fooled by this ruse Mastermind. Here. This total mastermind, yeah. <laughs> right? I think we yeah. have to just bust all those beliefs right away. That's the patriarchal racist conditioning that we're pushing back against in so many aspects of our lives, and then we come home and do it to our kids. That's what we're really trying to work against is dismantling those inherited mm-hmm. legacies, that discipline quote unquote, that doesn't serve any of us that we don't believe in. Right. Right. But I would say too, that like, I think there's a big difference. I think oftentimes now people will be thinking, okay, so I just give them the cookie. I just give them more TV. Mm -hmm. I I just let them not share with their friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. You've convinced me that controlling them and making them feel bad is actually going to hurt their skill building, hurt their relationships of self, hurt their sense of self. Okay, great. But really like, I don't really want to be letting them build all these skills about treating other people that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, a middle ground and that's what we love talking about. That's the mm-hmm. resist approach essentially, but it's that loving limit. So mm-hmm. you would say, still say to the, ba- the boundary of the limit, no cookie, but you're going to say it in a way that says, and you're safe in your feeling of wanting one. Right. So that's why you say, oh, no more cookie instead or, of no more or cookie. Or don't say no more cookie. Say, right. this yeah. is, that is straight up inflammatory using the <laughs> N-O word to my kids. Say, 
they say, oh, another cookie, another cookie, another cookie. And we've already said we're going to have two. And they're asking for a third or hundredth or whatever. Instead of saying no more cookies, right? Which some people might say, you're just pandering to them. If you want to go through that tantrum with them, go for it. Say no. Right? So instead we could say something like, you really want another one. You're saying no more cookie. But you're not saying no more cookie, you know? Even, you know... I don't know. I think we're yeah. all trying to tune into our kids. What's going to push them over the edge? What's going to connect with them and validate their impulses, their needs, their feelings, all that stuff we want to tie them to. It seems so self-indulgent <clears throat> or child-indulgent mm-hmm. to be connecting to their <clears throat> needs, to be asking them what they're wanting, to be validating and, right. and um, empathizing. Well, and-, and she writes again, originally when we asked, so what? how did you respond to this three-and-a-half-year-old losing it? She said, I would block the hit. I won't let you hit. But with her friends, I would take her home. Yeah. And I think taking her home is okay if you think, okay, this is going to take a while for her to get back to center, be able to participate adaptively. Or, or is it like, her brain. or right. is it like, yeah. we're taking you home because you can't behave well? Like, how can we find that, that in the middle where we're like, oh, well, that's right. Our job is, our job is to just see to this child. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do they need? Do they need to go into a little corner at the play place or outside? Mm-hmm. Do, they, do or we do, need to be a little closer? Right. Or are we just pulling the plug and heading home? Mm-hmm. But it needs to be in their best interest because that's how they actually learn is by us continually creating relational security over and over and yeah. over so that when they have a hard feeling, they're not hijacked by it, right? Mm-hmm. When they have a hard feeling mm-hmm. as they get older, they can stay calm in it and be able yeah. to think through it. That's what we're conditioning in them every time we approach our kids' challenges that yeah. way. Yeah, and I think the hitting, biting, spitting, all of those things that seem like they're being put on in some ways often. Maybe this parent doesn't feel that way and is just like, this is just their way of expressing right now. What's going on? But yeah, it really is their way of expressing. So yeah. babies scream, little little infants just wail and look so weepy, mm-hmm. right? As they get older, they might wig out on the floor when they would have big feelings. Three and a half year olds, certain three and a half year olds bite. biting spitting mm-hmm. scratching all the four, things right? five six <clears throat> the verbal abuse starts right they start They're, slamming doors mm-hmm. they kick more than all they that's do totally that they throw normal. things we're not trying to scare people we're like losing viewers they're all like we can't handle this <laughs> that's never happening it's to too much uh someone also mentioned about their one-year-old is biting and, and hitting and so yeah. it's the same thing where we've used loving limits we move respectfully through a moment with them and saying i'm their attachment figure i come to them when they're crying and need me and I'm going to be there for them when they're angry, biting, hurting. It's the same dysregulation at the source, right? Mm-hmm. So we would just, I mean, with a one-year-old, it's such great practice when one-year-olds gets kind of spirited mm-hmm. rather than waiting till they're four or five and much larger. Mm-hmm. But a one-year-old, we can easily over, not over Because there's like such defend. a huge wind up. It's like, right. Ah. And you can, you can slow their hand and say, I can't let you bite me. You're upset. Or you're needing something. I'm here to support you. What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop you. Oh, it looks like you're wanting to bite. Can I give you a biting alternative? Here. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. Just like when they were crying, right? Maybe they need a little space. Maybe you need a little space for a moment. What do you do when you're crying inside? Oh, We still I, have our, our things, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I get really, really uh, mean. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I like get snappy and start walking around the house picking things up. Like I get nitpicky about mm-hmm. my space and why things weren't picked up by people, people, even though I didn't ask them to. <laughs> we all have our stress language, just like we have our love language, <clears throat> right? 
Um, so we've got to recognize our kids' stress language, which is going to change every day. Yay, right? So someone wrote, can you talk about not lecturing? How do I approach an almost seven-year-old that keeps being unkind with his friends? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so easy to get in lecture mode in those moments, right, Cal? Absolutely. Are you teeing me up to talk? Uh -huh. um, <sighs> I think we all have those moments when we felt lectured to growing up. Um, let me take you back, if you're willing to sit for a minute, to think about this. I think everything that drives us bonkers about our kids, if we could just sit for a minute in a time that we might have felt that way or done something like that, or think, how was that handled in my own childhood before we dive into what we want to do? And I love mm -hmm. that this parent is thinking, how can I not lecture? Maybe they're thinking, I actually really didn't enjoy getting lectured as a child or in my work or mm -hmm. by a boss or a coach. So I'm not going to do that, but my son is not being friendly with with people. Um, actually, we had a we had a sticker quote of someone said that that their kid was also they use that same word being unkind. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what and what someone out someone to else me. just wrote too a four year old who hoards shared toys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about kindness, mm -hmm. right? Kindness in kids, being kind, sharing, saying nice things, treating friends uh, with with the utmost respect that many adults lack. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think about when a parent says that their child is being unkind? What do you think? Well, I think unkind is a judgment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's like saying mean, unkind. But I think it's, um, it's saying I want them to be kind. But it's saying yeah. it's labeling a person. It's labeling yeah. someone. And so something we've been working really hard in our family and that we're rewriting in all the books that we're reading, instead of saying they're mean, we say they're feeling angry. Or they're struggling. Or they're struggling, right? And yeah. that's what those things really are. And mm -hmm. when you say words, judgments like, like you they're know, bully, rude, they're bully, unkind, yeah. rude, you know, I said rude, yeah. disrespectful, all of those things, that, that's saying I'm judging this person. It, this is essentially about me. Mm -hmm. But what's going on with them? And it lacks a foundational element of empathy, right? Yeah, and respect. And I think it also calls into question what we love talking about. And you can check our episode last week, but we were talking about the, the two uh, elements of teaching that we want to be instilling in our kids. One is self-awareness, so about them, and one is socialization, about the whole world. Mm -hmm. And how, gosh, it's a lot of responsibility. When do we choose each one? When do we honor the child and their needs and their awareness and their self-love and their skill building? And then when do we say, actually, this challenge called for some socialization realizations, yeah. right? But I think that- I'm going to talk about the, the whole impact and how yeah. terrible it was. It was mean. It was rude. It was unkind. Yeah. That's socialization, right? Yeah. You made me lose my train. I did. Okay. We're setting each other I don't know. Off, I think that, that's the question is, yeah. which one do we choose? And mm -hmm. we don't have to choose. We no. can always prioritize our child, their inner awareness when we're able, right? Mm -hmm. um, their awareness, their, their self. So at the playground, for example. Yeah, at the playground, mm -hmm. for example, if, they're, if a kid is being, quote unquote, unkind to his friends, mm -hmm. right? We would focus on that self-awareness. What is he needing, mm -hmm. right? We're the voice that becomes our kid's inner voice. So how are we going to hope that they question themselves with curiosity, with non-judgmental yeah. Um, acceptance, acceptance yeah. with love, with mm -hmm. patience. So our voice doing that is what's helping our kids when they have a resistance, mm -hmm. when they're acting untoward, right. when they're or out of character, and that well, they will ask themselves in that same loving way. And that's what brings us into the the option of lecturing, which we have, mm -hmm. have in our control toolbox and who this parent is saying, I don't want to lecture, but how do I talk to my seven-year-old mm -hmm. about this, right? And when we think about what a lecture is, it's very judgmental. It's very negative. It's mm -hmm. on. It's one way, 
right? It's top down. Mm -hmm. And that lecture that we give our kids becomes, again, like you said, Kelsey, their inner voice. I can never get it right. I should have known better. Why wasn't I thinking about other people? They're they're my friends. That was unkind. That was unkind. They're so good. They're such nice people. Why would I do that to them? I'm being so selfish for not sharing my toys. I'm being so selfish. Mm -hmm. They don't, we don't, they don't allow this at home. Why would we do this at the park? Mm -hmm. Right? That lecture that our parents are saying that we're saying to our kids right now is programming that inner voice for when they have a challenge when they get older. So that's why we want it to be curious, compassionate, creative, a lot of other C words, loving, right? (laughs) You know, clear, right? So a kid that's struggling to share, first of all, is absolutely developmentally normal. We don't push sharing, right? We just talk with the parents around if it's a play date or a school and say, we're working on just watching things play out in a loving way and Mm-hmm. connecting our kids to what the process is, that feeling of losing something and of taking something, which is how kids lose, uh, how kids learn the best yeah. is experiencing it. it. And right? I think that's how this, the seven-year-old who's being rude to his friends at the mm-hmm. playground, that's how he's ultimately going to be learning how to treat one another and how he wants mm-hmm. to be treated, not by what we tell him to do or not do, mm-hmm. but by that experience of having hurt someone's feelings or that experience of now being left out because you said something that bothered people or that experience of a couple of their parents kind of looking over at you like right right we don't need that from our parents we want to be our kids wing people we want to be their ally their their friend so i think if we do talk about those situations we could always do it later right Mm -hmm. so we can be there that securing presence there because our kid clearly if they're being mean to their friends is struggling Mm -hmm. so they need our support not our criticism right Mm -hmm. and then when we get home so that's in the moment we're supportive and then when we get home in a receptive moment or driving home Mm -hmm. or we can say Hey, how'd it go? This is what we want our kids' inner dialogue to be when they make a mistake or have a struggly, hard day at work. Mm-hmm. For them to say, "How'd it go today? What, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. I know how you feeling. Blah blah blah. Yeah, right. That's going to become their inner voice. So the seven-year-old, we say, I noticed. I heard you yelling at a bunch of friends. Is everything okay? You can always talk to me about stuff, right? This is the other thing. When we create conversations that are safe like this, our kids want to continue. They might start getting in the car and saying, I yelled at all my friends. I was thinking about earlier at school when my teacher made me feel small about this thing. Or I thought about how rushed it was getting out the door and you yelled at me. And then I was tense when you showed up at the park or Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a reason often or they're they're tired or hungry. They're going to start figuring that out though. If we invest that time and when we lecture, we're basically saying, we don't care how they're actually feeling. We don't care why they did it. We don't care about building skills or awareness. We just want to tell them to do something differently next time. Yeah. Right. And that, what is that telling our kid about coming to us to talk about things? They don't ever come to us because they never have. We've always come to them hardcore. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the, the pattern we're setting up too, isn't just patterning our, our child's voice in those moments, but it's also patterning our relationship for when they struggle in the future. Yeah. When they come, yeah. want to come to us with bigger, more important things than just being a little feisty at the playground. We want to be there. We want to be, this is all of our prime time practice, Mm -hmm. conditioning our kids to us being a safe place. Mm -hmm. Even if we've seen them terrorizing kids at the playground, we've come up a couple of times and we're like, how you doing? I was thinking, uh, you know, I forgot something at home and we could go there soon or maybe let's head back (laughs) for dinner. Or, you know, I got a call and Papa said, so we're not saying this is not okay. We're going to have to go now. That's just kind of up their anxiety. What would you want your 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 best friend to do? They'd be Mm -hmm. like, you know, I actually need to go home. Let's go. Let's. They'd let us off the hook Mm -hmm. for being dysregulated and not being able to control ourselves. Help them help themselves. Sure, sure. 
What else yeah. do we have going? Someone said the validation and acknowledgement of three-year-olds feeling seems to escalate the dysregulation after mm-hmm. a more cookie or one more show event. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes that that validation is just too intense for, mm-hmm. for really sensitive kids um, or spirited kids who are like, don't tell me how I feel. Or, or, or sensitive for, kids where they're like, oh my gosh, mirror neurons, mom yeah. looks concerned. Or for kids who haven't had their feelings validated um, very often and mm-hmm. parents are maybe trying to switch stuff That's up. True, that true, we yeah. hear that a lot. They're like, the kids look so confused when I start saying, I think you might be feeling this mm. or how are you doing? They're like, why are you talking to me? This is not normal. For whatever reason, whether it's what we've mm-hmm. conditioned, whether it's our child's temperament or nervous system, whether it's the way we're saying it and going about it, mm-hmm. um, bottom line is we just have to look to our child to tell us what they're needing. And if mm-hmm. they're feeling inflamed further about uh, when we're giving them empathy, then mm-hmm. we need to tone down the empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Our sensitivity can meet their sensitivity. So maybe we just know with our daughter who tends to be like, even worse, mm-hmm. I'm just going to nod. Oh, maybe that's still too much. Okay. I'm just going to look really lovingly like, and I'm going to sit next to them. It's so interesting. Right? Our kids' reactions to our attempts at support in the moment can just make us feel so disgruntled. Like I was doing this and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Or, and then they wouldn't even take the thing I was trying to give them to make them feel better. <laughs> like what the hell? Yeah. You know, and I think we have to keep looking at, at it as feedback. Mm-hmm. And I think often we're Not just failure. like, God, this is failure. Or why won't mm-hmm. they just give in? And I think they're giving us that feedback. Mm-hmm. It just looks really gnarly and it's really hard. When you get the, the vibe that they're not liking it, you know, it's feedback. Mm-hmm. It's all feedback. If you're getting the vibe that you're talking too louder, that's feedback. If you're getting the vibe all of a sudden that maybe you could be rubbing their back a little without them flinching off your hand, mm-hmm. that's feedback, mm-hmm. right? Someone said constant tantrums and whining equals how do you address this? And again, we're back to relational security, right? Yeah. It's our number one goal. I think we're so conditioned when our kids have these big feelings and tantrums to stop it, to fix it, to punish it, just make it end. To control right? it. Right. Yeah. Just get it done with. Um, and I think it's a it's a real turnaround for, for us all to be thinking about ways instead we, that we can support it, right? That we can be connecting through it, that we can be helping to um, de-escalate it. That being our, our first job mm-hmm. is to keep everyone safe. Our second job is to help everyone calm down. And in some ways that should be a big load off, right? You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to issue a consequence. You don't have to threaten. You don't have to make it yeah. stop right away. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be get angry that they're having the their feelings. The number one most productive thing is to stay calm so that you can calm your kids. Yeah. That is the number one thing. That is the reason why the world has its problems, I mm-hmm. swear, is because people don't know how to calm themselves down. People don't know how to keep their nervous systems safe because we weren't taught those things by our parents and they weren't taught those things by their parents and they weren't taught those things by their parents. It's not only- Nervous systems not only, were punished. Yeah, I was going to say, right? not only were they not taught how to, yeah. to, to support their nervous systems, but they were, they were turned against them. Yeah. You know? Right. So anyway. Yeah. I'm like, it's poor people, all of us. Yeah. We're all walking wounded. We're all works in progress. We're all working on this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's a double whammy is helping our kids learn these things as we're learning them. That's the tough part. Yeah. Especially when we're so triggered about specific ones. You're like, I'm fine with the meltdown, but the Mm -hmm. whining, I seriously, I'm going to scream back. And pound for pound so often, it's usually those things that we're the strongestly resisting and really struggling with that our kids do. Whining, back talk, loud noises, hitting or kicking or whatever. We probably have a personal experience with from our childhood where that didn't go so well. And we have these beliefs and this visceral reaction of wrong when we see our child do it. Yeah. 
So, so I think in those moments that we're yeah. starting to feel compromised, that's our number one thing. We keep our kids we're safe. We're going into child we try, mode. We try to de-escalate, yeah. but when we feel like we're struggling, we got to go into our protective mode, taking those deep breaths. This is not an emergency. My kid's doing what they need to be Parenting doing. Parenting ourselves, essentially. Right. And this is, even if it's just a nagging whine that's happening, yeah. but you feel yourself starting to get worked up and to get tense and to go into like automatic negative thoughtville. Mm-hmm. He always, he never, I, I got to teach him. This is ridiculous. All of those things start floating and burbling up to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. So when we have to kind of be repeating those things to ourselves to calm ourselves down. If our kid's whining and we can't show up in, in like without yelling, <clears throat> we can leave. We can nod, mm-hmm. right? We can just say, I know. I know, mm-hmm. right? If if already we've connected, right? Whining really drags on because we're letting it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I forget that and then I'm like, oh, go to the source. This has turned into like a power struggle I'm starting whine. to feel this whining situation. Why am I ignoring it? Because I just don't want to engage right now. Mm-hmm. Got to take a deep breath. Once I'm calm, get in there. What are you mm-hmm. needing? I hear you keep saying the same thing over and over again. I don't, I don't get it. What's happening? What's happening? Fill me in here. Mm-hmm. Someone said, how can we get our four-year-old son to listen and behave when we're in an exciting and stimulating situation? For example, playing with family at a party. He's more hyped and doesn't like to listen. Yeah. I mean, it's not doesn't like to listen. It's literally can't listen. So let's give him Mm -hmm. um, some credit there that his this is all nervous system. This is all about something your son cannot control at all and needs your help in nurturing and and learning about and managing over Mm -hmm. time, right? So we always, we talk with our clients a lot that we want to be helping our kids learn to work with their nervous systems, not against their nervous systems. So when our kids are struggling and hyper at a party, if we're really negative and we're wanting to control, because we understandably, it's it's stressful, it's embarrassing, it's all these things. what kind of stuff is he not listening about? Right. Or that he can't climb things or that he's going too Mm -hmm. wild and crazy and going to knock the babies over. Like Mm -hmm. there are always those concerns we have. We have to remember that if, if we create a negative association around something that our kids can't control, then we're we're conditioning them to believe that in those moments, bad. In those moments, trigger. In those mm-hmm. moments, you're you're doing bad. You know you're what I was thinking bad, too? Right? Just like I don't know. Like what if you were going to go to a party with your partner, and before you <clears> left, <throat> your partner said, "But just you know, be cool. Just you don't have to get too <laughs> you know." And I'd be like, you know. "No, what do you mean?" They're like. Well, you know, you just get really excited and like, sometimes you that laugh, just, you know, that goes, oh, 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 yeah. And, you know, you just kind of yammer yeah. on and the person tries to talk and you just keep going, you know, like maybe just, just what? be cool this time. Right. Or then after mm-hmm. they, they say you were doing it again. Why? Yeah, Why do you have again. to do that at parties? Not to say this parent's Why? even doing this, but Hopefully. this is what we're tempted to do with our kids. Like, is, okay, I'm going to preempt it. I'm so nervous about this party. Right. I don't want them to be the one doing cartwheels into the cake. What can I do? Okay, we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to warn them. So I'm going to say, so sometimes you get excited. I'm going to increase their anxiety but don't even further. get that excited this time. Okay. okay. Right? Because watch every, what everyone else is doing in the room and yeah. go that speed. Okay. Yeah. So it's such right. an unreasonable expectation. I but I think that we can be having a preemptive mm-hmm. conversation, but not in, here's how I don't want you to act. Cool. Mm-hmm. Are we cool? Right. But no instead, pressure. instead, outside the moment, not about the party, just mm-hmm. saying, let's talk about sometimes I get excited. Let's talk about sometimes <gasps> I get sad. Was <clears throat> one time can... I got so excited. My body was like woo, bouncing around the room and I fell into the pool. That's yeah. how excited I was. Right. right? We can tell a little story but about so a do time. what I started learning. Yeah is that I would always, before I went in somewhere new, I would close my eyes Mm -hmm. and I would take 10 slow breaths. 
And I started doing that and it was like magic. Mm-hmm. Like instead of going bing, 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 I was like floating. It was great. Yeah. I would have fun at parties. And you know what else? It's something that helps me so much. Sometimes I would just be like, oh my gosh, music. Oh my gosh, food. Oh my <clears> gosh, <throat> friends everywhere. And you know what grandma helped me figure out? She helped me realize that maybe like twice at a party, maybe three times at a party, depending on how long it is, I might want to just go take a deep breath in a corner or step outside and get fresh air Mm -hmm. and then go back in. And I was just wondering, do you think that would help you at a party to just stay relaxed so you can just enjoy it all and remember it all really well? Mm -hmm. So we're raising awareness. We're Mm -hmm. saying, rather than punish my child and make them feel bad for a nervous system they can't control that makes them wild at parties, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to work with their nervous system, help them build awareness, Mm -hmm. understand, and begin to learn strategies, right, that they actually want to do because there's no Mm -hmm. shame involved in getting their needs met so that they can feel better. I think oftentimes we're like, oh, my hyper kid wants to be hyper. Oh, they're loving this, aren't they? They're really turning it up for these strangers. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But they're incredibly not okay inside when they're Mm -hmm. being – like that is just – it's the flip side of anxiety of clinging to you and crying is – manic, right? Mm-hmm. And just totally off the wall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, not to like be scared when your kid's hyper yeah. and, and kind of manic and, and excited, and but I, just put yourself in mind that they're not choosing this. They yeah. don't want to feel this way and they need our support just like in any mm-hmm. other type of feeling they have. Yeah. And when, if your son is in one of these fun party moments and is hyper and all the things, and <clears> you know <throat> that right now, because you, you're saying it, you've got awareness that he struggles to listen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't like and you, behave. but that he struggles right, right to listen. I think that that's something we could talk about earlier, not in like mm-hmm. so, sometimes you struggle to listen, but say something like, I was really excited about the party. I was talking to your, your papa about it, your mama about it. And we were just trying to remember like, what are rules at places like that? What are the, like what at the bounce again? house place? Or I wonder if this family in their backyard has rules, but anyway, we'll figure them out. But if I heard something about a new rule, how could I come and talk to you about it? Mm-hmm. A four-year-old can totally get this. Mm-hmm. So if I have something I need to connect with you about, what's the best way for me to do it? Should I come over and put my hand on your shoulder like this? Should I wave from far away? Just because because saying your name across the table over and over and over again isn't working, <laughs> right? So making a little plan of how can we stay close? How can we stay connected during this party, even if it fails? And that's the last thing is saying, we're going to meet our kids where they are. They're going to be hyper at parties. They're going to struggle to listen and to behave. We're going to tell parents. We're going to take a deep breath and right. tell parents, He's overexcited right yeah. now. This is a lot for him. Wow. I'm yeah. gonna I'm on it. I'm gonna support and him. We gotta here. up our game in, right. in supporting. Wow. Right. He's oh his body is overwhelmed with all of this excitement, right? Yeah. A lot of kids not just coming into a social situation, mm-hmm. but the, the the lights, the sounds, the mm-hmm. busy, busy body. Sugar. For some kids, it's just too much. That's what makes them cower in a corner and not want to get be out. Shy, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Right. And that's also what makes <clears throat> them, you know, hyperactive and and uh, Yeah. And then bouncy. and then the last question is whether you want to go to these parties. If this is a lot for you and this is putting you through the ringer, ask yourself before the party, mm-hmm. is this something we should be going to? Can I be that that wing person for my son mm-hmm. who's going to be a certain way probably at this party? Right. And can I show up for it? Can I be there to support him? That's how he expresses his anxiety. Yeah. Maybe it's the first 10 minutes you notice and then it dies off. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just needed to get their wiggles out and it's going to be okay. Yeah, maybe you it's know? a post-COVID thing and he's reacclimating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we understand though. It's so hard to have the kid that's, doing the the rough play or Mm -hmm. the dangerous play or all those types of things. Someone said, currently struggling with five-year-old and thumb sucking. We have conversations about why it's important Mm -hmm. to stop and how her teeth need to grow in healthy and strong. Thumb Mm -hmm. sucking to sleep is still going. Yeah. So you've hit the information 
really hard. And so it's probably very clear to this five-year-old the information about why, you know, that the thumb sucking is the great, <laughs> that they should stop doing it. And then, but then there's the other thing. So that's the, the readiness the cognitively and then the emotional readiness, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would also say the strategic skills. So mm-hmm. emotional readiness is like, it's hard. They're going to need some help processing all the feelings. Time, it's not one yeah. and done, right? It's going to ebb and flow. And the strategic awareness that our kids need our help with is figuring out what to do next, what else to do, strategies. They haven't mm-hmm. built that prefrontal cortex yet where they can weigh pros and cons, make decisions, problem solve, innovate, collaborate. So we're yeah. building those skills with and them. And I think that, right? that it's important too to just, and you, maybe you've got had this conversation with mm-hmm. them or um, you know this already, but... If you're having a conversation with him about why it's important to stop and how his teeth need to grow and healthy, I hope that he's having the conversation with you about how his thumb right now is calming his nervous system, mm-hmm. is incredibly personal to him, is his body, mm-hmm. right? And is his right to use however he wants, mm-hmm. right? And that's what's so tricky about some of these body things because we have an, when we have an agenda for, for our kids' bodies and their comfort, mm-hmm. right? We have to be really sensitive about how we engage with that and, and to think about what we're telling our kids in this bigger picture, not just th- sucking your thumb will make your teeth funny and cost me money, mm-hmm. but the bigger picture, seeing to your nervous system. Right? We can't mm-hmm. just, we can't just say, this is it. We have to say, this is your body. This is yeah. making you feel good. What does your thumb do for you? Mm-hmm. What does it feel like when you have it in your mouth? Mm-hmm. Why is this good for you? What are you needing? What are those moments that you that you use your thumb? What are those moments, right? And we can be keying our, our kid into their body and, and their pleasure mm-hmm. and all of these things that really can contribute not just to body positivity, but for, for body safety, right? right? For any, consent awareness. Any connection for... with our kids with their bodies and what they're needing and how things feel and taste and all the yeah. things is is vital to those things. To, yeah, to their growth and their joy and then also to their safety for yeah. sure. Um, but I think that your five-year-old can collaborate with you on what the plan is. So it's been a little tricky at bedtime and, oh, you're still wanting to suck on your thumb. Like, mm-hmm. what could we do? Do we have some alternatives? Um, could we do start, you know, would a back rub help? Your body is mm-hmm. saying it needs something to help it relax. What, what could that be? Mm-hmm. Right. What could that be? Could it be a little rocking? five-year-old rocking in the, themselves is great. Yeah. Could it be pressure, firm pressure on their body? Yeah. Right. And Could I think it be the, a back rub or Yeah. Scratch? All the, those moments that we want to bring up <clears throat> why the thumbs sucking, I can't say <laughs> thumb sucking <laughs> isn't okay. Probably usually when he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think if he's doing it, we're doing it. We yeah. can offer replacements. We can say, are you feeling relaxed? Are there things that I can do? I want to hold your hand. That would be the mm-hmm. most that I would, can I hold your hand right. and help him? And if he's like, no, I would just I would mm-hmm. just be really sensitive because it's his body and keep offering those alternatives and yeah. having those conversations outside the moment. And be, so right. I called the dentist today because I was making appointments for Papa and me mm-hmm. and you and, right. um, and they were just telling me about a five-year-old's teeth. And I was learning a couple things about them, about what foods and about what things should go in. And I know I've talked about the thumb before, but they were a little bit worried about it. And they said, maybe you should be moving towards less time. So I've noticed you've been sucking... Just or a bed, bedtime, right. or whatever it is, or can we limit it, or can we w- work on it? Because I know it's comforting to you, so I want to find other comforts, and I want to be working on when you need it the most, mm-hmm. right? And I want to be trying to work towards not needing it, but you know if you need it because it's your body, right? Mm-hmm. 
That's the hardest part of this whole situation. It really is. But I think bringing your five-year-old in to collaborate with you to mm-hmm. explain and build their awareness on why they want to keep doing it. What's holding them back from doing an alternative? Yeah. Or what else is their body needing that you could be finding a way to, yeah. to meet? So then that that's the problem solving and self-awareness building that you're teaching your child. Yeah. It's really hard though, I think. We've had these questions from other coaching clients whose whose kids, you know, struggled to brush their teeth with their braces and the foods would get stuck in and, and other hygiene situations where they were like, I don't know how much of this is it's really bugging me because it seems gross. And that's what like mouth touching mm-hmm. fingers and mouth stuff to me is very gross. And mm-hmm. and everyone has their own threshold for different things. But I think sussing out how much of this is you and wanting him to be done as a five-year-old, you know, comforting himself in that way. Mm-hmm. How much of it is you actually worried about his teeth, mm-hmm. you know, and really struggling with that or thinking it could be expensive. Could mm-hmm. that really? They're all teeth that are going to fall out, right? right. A five-year-old's teeth are, right. or is are it going away. That- that it'll keep going for, for a really long time and he won't be able to... I don't know a lot you know. of like older thumb suckers. No. You know? Yeah. So, you know, asking if he has a plan, like, well, how mm-hmm. long would you? were you planning to do it? I wouldn't talk about it at all, personally. Yeah. I think it depends on the kid, how yeah. sensitive they are. Like, They're... after all this, just don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> just do not bring it up at all. Keep working on just, alternatives right. for relaxing. Yeah. They're going to grow out of yeah. it. Yeah. I love we it. should have just said that. <laughs> Okay. Someone said, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. So worn out from the day of negotiations with my four-year-old in my attempts to include him in choices and the plan for the day and all the pushing of all limits. Oh, oh yes. That's so hard. Oh, I think she... Oops, I meant him pushing limits all day, every moment. Oh, yeah, oh, we, we got it. it. We got it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like a fierce four-year-old. <clears throat> hats like, off to you. Hats off to you as well for saying, wow, you're trying to give him choices in maybe the plan in the day. But yet, I think that's the hardest when we're trying so hard to give our kids agency and independence. And they're like, no, that's not enough. Actually, all of this to the send, moon. Send us an example if you have one. Yeah, but I think I, I think that if we're struggling with giving them that agency and doing those things, then that mm-hmm. means that maybe we shouldn't be giving them that agency or independence. Or as much. We're giving them yeah. maybe too much yeah. agency. I think that if it's feeling like negotiations, that's that's tough. It, it shouldn't necessarily need to get there. I think that it's it should always strive to feel like collaboration and compromise, not mm-hmm. negotiations. But negotiations right. definitely sound tenuous. Yeah. Uh, and I think that often negotiations are that gray area where we basically aren't convinced that it's fine and we aren't actually really have that conviction that we don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. So then a negotiation happens just because we weren't hadn't decided ahead of time, can he get in the pool with his shoes on? Right. We hadn't decided ahead of time, can he kick the soccer ball up the stairs before he's washed it? Mm-hmm. Can we decide ahead of time? So when we haven't decided, then we're like, oh shit, which one? Mm-hmm. Permissive or rigid? Oh my gosh. And so we end up getting into a negotiation. I bet it's more like stuff like, what's the plan for the day? Let's do choices. Should we go to mm. Target or <clears throat> Michael's? Build a bear. That's where I want to go. So maybe build it's a bear, like that. right? That he's pushing all the limits, mm-hmm. and it feels like a negotiation where you're like, okay, well, we won't go to build a bear, but we'll go to the mall. And he's like, if I have ice cream, right. this is my children. Yeah, be like, how can we sweeten this deal? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm ready. I to can sign sense on you're controlling yet. me with giving me choices, yeah. so I'm gonna give you a choice yeah. on top of here. It. Are three choices that I approve. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that, uh, gosh, pushing all the limits, you know, pushing even just your attempts to include them. I think that, again, so much about this is, first of all, seeing that is beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. That our children are doing this. That's how they build these amazing skills and are going to be great lawyers and civil rights activists and, and, you know, astronauts and 
doctors and artists and creatives. And I don't know why I'm making a huge list right now, but like, that's why they're going to be doing those things. Where was I? I don't even remember now. That it's great that they're pushing back. It's so great. And then I think also that our approach is everything, right? Mm -hmm. How do we want to respond to that? Yeah. What? (laughs) No, I think that's that's basically it, is accepting our kids for their resistance and working with them. And I think that that's your... Your impulse is let's work with. Great. Oh, but we're gonna give choice. I'm gonna I'm gonna give choice. <laughs> I'm so tired. We're gonna give Keep choice. Going. We're gonna connect. We're gonna give them a little agency. But God, they're sucking us into these negotiations. And I think this is <clears throat> the practice with a four-year-old. This is the beginning of like, okay, how am I gonna have to think maybe at least one, two steps ahead and work this? How am I gonna think? Where are these? I'm gonna choose these two things. Okay. If I chose those, what might they say? Mm-hmm. Where might this conversation go if I do these things? So I much think about that ahead so of much time. awareness. Yeah, and it might right. feel like walking on broken glass to some people, but that's the practice is, mm-hmm. is you know, getting those thick soles. Oh, it's, just, it, it's so hard though. It's so hard. I think that the struggle is in that dissonance of not mm-hmm. having that clarity of, is this okay with me or isn't it? If I mm-hmm. give them these choices, then they get to choose one of them. If mm-hmm. they want a different choice, then we get to, I get to decide again. I have to make a new decision. Is this worth talking about? Am I shutting this down or am I going to enter into collaboration with my kid? I feel like this isn't it's a specific lot of, enough. It's a lot of decision making and we we see the struggle, absolutely. But just keep remembering it. The R step, the respect step is mm-hmm. knowing, having that clarity. Why are we doing this rule? Yeah. Or why am I giving these options? So then you try to Where we go? work the resist approach with, yeah. with a kid that's pushing limits and it, pushing for negotiations. Respect their right to have their own lens, <clears throat> their own experience, their own needs. Mm-hmm. Right? We empathize. Okay, so you want to actually just go to the ice cream factory instead of the two errant choices that I suggested. Okay, you like that? We're going to lean in. Why do you want to go there? Oh, I like ice cream too, right? We connect with them. We empathize with them, right? Mm-hmm. Then we sync up. Well, we can't get the, this list of things that we made for the grocery store at that ice cream shop though. So what can we do? So we kind of synced up. We were mm-hmm. like, here's what you want, but I got this list. Then we innovate. We need ideas. Do you feel like maybe we could get those nice jello pops you like? While we're at the store instead and do ice cream another day when it's sunnier or when we can go there a little longer. I know you like to play on the playground right next to it. And I don't think we're going to have time for that today. So what do, what do you think? Right. Then we might have to summarize mm-hmm. and, and set a limit. No, ice cream, he says. Yes, have to go get this ice cream. I say, oh, I know. Okay. You're still yeah. on the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Still validating that. Yes. We've got these two stores. Okay. Actually, there's the one third option. Trader Joe's is on there now too. We've got three choices. What are you thinking? And you're, you're holding that loving limit. We're not going to the ice cream store. We're not saying we're not going to the ice cream we're store. We're showing we say, it. Here are the three options. Right. right. And we hold fast and let all the feelings And then happen. we trust. Right. Trust that that, that that resistance is beautiful. Trust mm-hmm. that us working through this quote unquote negotiation is can be a collaboration, can be a learning experience, can be a connection filled yeah. moment. Definitely. <clears throat> of skill building. Someone said, we're struggling with finding gentle yet effective ways to encourage our three and a half year old with trying new things. If anything is new or hard, she just doesn't want to try. Mm-hmm. Riding a bicycle, ABCs, et cetera. I love this. A, tight, a tricycle. Thank you. Three and a half year old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Um, we want to encourage our kids. Absolutely. And I think when our, our toddlers and our kids or, or even our adolescents and teens show a lack of, of grit or of resilience. It can be really destabilizing <clears throat> for us, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they're not trying. They're never going to learn anything. This she just gives happen. up about everything. She just gives up. She just rolls over. Oh my God. And it's so triggering. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, really scary. And so then that leads us to go into hyperdrive very often and, and think to ourselves. Don't you want to go ride on the thing? Wouldn't it's, it be so fun? It's safe. You should do it. I'll it's help okay. you. 
I'll help you get up. It's I'll safe. Help you. I'll help you. It's Come fine. On. It'll be fun. Or if you, you go over there, then we can have ice cream yeah, after. See your friends. They're so nice. Come on. They're so nice. Mm-hmm. I told their moms that I would sit with them. Come on. They're so nice. You, I know, I know you can pull your sock on. I know you can do it. You've mm-hmm. done it that one time. Mm-hmm. No. No, I'm not going to do it for you. You can do it yourself. Yeah. It's, it's not that hard. Just do it. Yeah. Right. You rode on the bike that one time. Remember you pushed your legs like this? Let's do it. Come on. Then we can right. come home for ice cream. Even Just in, get on there. Even in the moments when we don't lose it, when we're just encouraging, 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 mm-hmm. our kids very often experience that as pressure, as judgment. And in their bodies, they experience it as anxiety. I'm not able to do this bike. I'm not comfortable doing this game. I get, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed and uh, emotional about or I don't want to go say hi to that group of people. Right. I'm experiencing this in my body, but my parents who I trust are telling me that I shouldn't trust it, that I shouldn't trust my body and what it's telling me. They're telling me I should get on that bike. They're telling me I should try harder on that thing. When I'm trying, I should talk to that stranger, even though inside my body says, wait, observe, Maybe try later. Think about Think it about this longer. Right. Calm your body down to feel ready. Yeah. Our bodies and our kids' bodies are telling them all the time mm-hmm. how to stay safe, what to do. Yeah. And that's why we can, while we can acknowledge this is such a new and fun thing, we can say, yes, new. Mm-hmm. And we can shift our, our perspective over to our <clears throat> child and meet our child where they are. This is new to them. What if it's not new? Right? It, it could not even, it, she could have ridden the bike before and then feel like trying again and just give up. I think that it's just so normal. It is so normal and okay. And the more we push, the more we use and control essentially mm-hmm. to make our child do something when they're showing <laughs> us they're not ready emotionally or physically, mm-hmm. right? Or psychologically um, or temperamentally, right? Mm-hmm. When we're telling them that, we're undermining their learning. Yeah. So we want to listen and trust our child so they can yeah. learn to listen and trust themselves yeah. and wonder how we can work with that. Yeah, but right? the... The long version was was that, but really you said you're looking for ways to gen- gentle yet effective ways to encourage, yeah. and you don't have to encourage your daughter or your son to learn. at any age to learn or perform or try something they're not ready to try, yeah. right? Whether it's a food, whether it's a friend, whether it's a, someone's lap to sit on, whether <laughs> it's um, a, a toy, whether it's a new class, whether it's a Mm-hmm. You know, a trike or a bike or... And I mean, we didn't even mention in the beginning that for a three and a half year old to have really low frustration tolerance, so not being able to stand frustration of trying something new, <clears throat> that's very normal for that age. For most toddlers to not have that ability to sustain their frustration and say, it's okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to keep going at this, right? Mm-hmm. It's also temperament. That frustration to- intolerance is on an t- entire mm-hmm. spectrum. So maybe that's just where theirs is. And our goal then is to help them just feel safe in frustration or safe in choosing not to do, try something yet, mm-hmm. choosing to wait on something. All yeah. of that's okay. Right? Yeah. I think instead of we can but, shift our job from cheerleader. Well, I was going to um, say or encourager. The, the second reason that it can happen, not just from temperament and development that our kids, our three and a half year old is giving up on things and making us want to encourage even more. The other reason is because oftentimes they've been conditioned through praise that we have very high expectations and like to praise them for doing things well right away mm-hmm. or a certain way. And a three and a half <clears> year old, it's a little early for them to notice like, but completely those things. Yeah. But oftentimes when we're praising so often, when they do something fast or completely. perfect or completely or well, that can sometimes tell them if I can't do it well or fast or completely right away, 
then that, that will mean they don't give me that praise. That might mean that I'm not valuable or yeah. worthy or loved. So I don't <clears> want to <throat> chance it. I'm not going to try that. Yeah, we, right. we can't talk about growth mindset versus fixed mindset and how to build resilience in kids without talking about praise and how yeah. praise is mm-hmm. a judgment. And it's yeah. it's one of the hardest things um, to... And it be, actually undermines, not encourages. Right. It's one of the right. hardest things to be reconsidering in our parents because I know with a lot of our shitty discipline, we're like, I'm pretty sure that's not great, but I'm struggling to, <laughs> to do something else. But praise... Most of us are like, pretty sure that I'm on to something Nailing here. This. I am doing <laughs> yeah. so good in the praise department. And then they're like, say what? What? N- not praise? Like, not so much? Like, that not, makes, like, what? Self-esteem <laughs> goes down with praise? What? I'm, Risk, I'm trying to, taking risks and learning goes down with Trying praise? to make them feel good about themselves. Right. That's the feeling that we have so often. That's what we've been conditioned to believe. And there is a lot of research out there now, which is so great, that says there are ways to show our kids that we love them, that we're proud of them, that we saw what they did, no matter how much, how far, how big, how complete it is, without saying, good job, or you're smart, or you're beautiful, or any of these binary blanket blanket Mm -hmm. things that can create a false expectation connected to our attachment that our kids feel they have to live up to. That's how perfectionists are born. Mm -hmm. That's how people pleasers are born, right? We so don't, we don't want that. What are some things yeah. we could say to- We're all like trying to outgrow that personally, right? Right. <laughs> some things we could say to a three and a half year old, a five year old, an eight year old, a 12 year old who seems a little shy, seems a little reticent to try new things, isn't feeling who gives great, up gives, on stuff. gives up on mm-hmm. stuff and gets frustrated and chucks it. What are some things we would say mm-hmm. to any of those ages who struggle with frustration <clears throat> or who are a little bit reticent to try new stuff? I think we would just meet them where they are and- mm-hmm. We want to tell our kids that their feelings are safe, that their needs are safe, who they are is safe, because that's the only way they'll learn and build skills. So we just want to meet them where they are, identify what that is, and say, you're frustrated. That's a frustrating thing to do, isn't it? So you're not feeling like you want to do that anymore. Right. Okay. Okay. So you're done trying that block. Okay, cool. And you could always mention and say, hey, if, if you're needing an idea, I'm always there. I'm here yeah. to support you. Did you Not, need, I'm going to fix it Did or you need keep some going. support? Sometimes I just need someone to sit uh, down next to me and be there while I'm trying to do something right. hard. Giving up on something is when anxiety has reached a particular level that makes them run. It's mm-hmm. the flight, right? Or the fight. So that, yeah. that, that trying something new and struggling, some kids will rage Mm-hmm. And other kids will be like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. That's what Hannah's kids right? ghost. I'll, they yeah. start this project and then I'm like, where'd they go? And they're just gone. And they hit a hard and, part. And my daughter will be like, new sheet, new sheet, tear it up, uh-huh. new sheet, tear it up. Have a total over and meltdown. Over and over and over and over, yeah. like won't stop until she gets it Those the way she Those are the two personality it. types, right? The spirited, the more sensitive. Sure in the middle. Right. <laughs> but, but, but those are like kind of extreme examples yeah. to show like the fight persevere and scream and cry and have to get yeah. that shoe on or the flight. I'm the, like, I oh, wish she'd just I don't want to put my shoes on. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I can't tie my shoe, right? So both of them come from a place yeah. of anxiety and reaching a max capacity yeah. for self-regulation. So I think that when yeah. our kids are, are reticent to try something new or we want them to get in there and go say hi to those people or get on that bike, it's so fun, or that slide looks so dope. Please go down that slide. And they're like, no, no. And you're like, please go down the slide. I won't fit, please. Mm-hmm. Right. In those moments, we just have to channel our child. What, where are they? What are they feeling? Mm-hmm. How you doing? So you don't want to go up, down the slide? Oh, tell me a little about yeah. that instead of why not? Try to right? explore curiously, understand their resistance to something so yeah. they can do that someday. Or we could perspective take in front of them and just say, mm-hmm. It's hard trying new things. Oh. Or yeah, everyone else is on their bike. How are you doing? You weren't feeling ready to ride yours yet. You'll go when you're ready. 
right? And I bet you- Trust in your body. If we're telling our kids, I trust in you and you trust in your body, they're going to be so much sooner to, Mm -hmm. quicker to- Spread their wings, Spread their wings and try it again. Mm -hmm. That acceptance- Right? Don't we all have those those real moments, memories in our minds, or in a movie of the parent saying, I love you whether you win or lose. And then the kid goes out and just like kicks ass on the field. <laughs> like that's what we all need, right? Mm-hmm. We need someone saying you. Yes. Just you, wherever you are, doing whatever you're doing. Yes. You are enough. Exactly how you are. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Can we tell ourselves that right yeah, now? Yeah, can we tell you that? Can we tell you you're that? enough? Exactly how you are. Exactly. We're all here working on our personal growth and improvement, but baby steps. You're enough. Yeah. Nothing that we do as parents is about who we are as people, right? That's okay. We're, we're all still little kids inside. We're, we're all trying to grow up. We're all trying to, to mend our own wounds as we're trying not to inflict wounds on our own kids, right? It's all connected. Absolutely. Here's a four-year-old sensory. Our four-year-old has sensory issues with clothing. We dread winter as it can take an hour each day to dress her. Even when she does, we find her clothes all around the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. We've tried sensory clothes, OT, nothing works. Yesterday, I cried all day because one hour to get her dressed is taking its toll, especially in winter. Oh, yeah. Thank We're you for sorry. sharing that. Yeah, that's so tricky. Um, we've had kids in our brood who have been um, sensory sensitive to, to clothing and who just generally, since they were babies, prefer to be naked at all times. Mm-hmm. They don't want clothes and itchy things on them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I understand how, how – I think it's wonderful that you're accepting. You know that that's that she's very sensitive. She's got sensory needs, right? She's a little bit mm-hmm. – needing a little bit less clothing, less tactile touch, right? Yeah. But that one hour, that it takes an hour – that it's painful, that it puts strain on your relationship, right? On your nervous system, not just hers. That's a lot. We see you. It's really tricky. And then especially having to leave, having to get somewhere. Yeah. It's so hard. Any conflict in our parenting, this is a perfect example. We think it's because our kid won't, or it's they're making this happen, or it's taking this long, Mm -hmm. or it's this drain. And really any struggle we have, any challenge we have with our kids or anyone else is just two people trying to get their needs met with the skills they have Mm -hmm. and their strategies aren't lining up. So I think this is when we use the resist approach. I do this because it's not there anymore. Um, We use the resist approach, which is a conversation that says you have needs. I have needs. Let's talk about ways to get our needs met. You have needs to be naked. You have needs to put your clothes on and which clothes on when you're ready, whenever that is. My needs are to make sure that you have however many pieces of clothes on, whatever items, um, and to get you to school or to wherever you're going with those clothes on. That's my goal. So what can we do to meet our needs? Right? Instead of the struggle, we don't know what this hour looks like, um, share, or we can just kind of riff and roll on it. But if this hour is a lot of reminders, if this hour is a lot of trying different things and none of them work. Mm-hmm. If this, you know, hour is arguing or controlling or threatening mm-hmm. um, or yelling or, you know, wrestling so- clothes on, it could be it's mm-hmm. any of these things that's so hard. Yeah. And I think our goal in this moment and our goal in using the resist approach is to tear up the script that's been going on that we really don't want, right? Sometimes we think, God, I'm on this roll. I'm in this cycle. A few times people have mentioned in this episode, mm-hmm. we're stuck in a cycle, right? And it's not our kids that are perpetuating this cycle and pushing it along. We have the power to interrupt it, Mm -hmm. right? With love and connection and support and guide it in a new direction that we believe in. Mm -hmm. So we have to mentally tear up that script of time to get clothes on, time to get, okay, which one do you want? This one or this one? Okay, but we have to go. Okay, but we have to go. Okay, but your shoes have to be the same color. You can't wear one and the other one. 
okay, you have to get your shoes on before we go outside. Why aren't your shoes on before we go outside? Think (laughs) how much disconnection, think how much stress for everybody in those Mm -hmm. moments that come so easily to us. Those are our instinctual moments because we experience them a million times as children (laughs) and now we're reliving them in these moments with our kids. I'm like, I don't know why I'm laughing. Which is why it's so vexing, right? Yeah. But I think we have to remember that, and we said this earlier in this live, is that we want our kids to be friends with their nervous systems when they're older. We want them to know themselves intimately and be able to say, ooh, I'm feeling this. What do I need? Oh, that was hard. It's going to be okay. We want them to be able to to nurture and care for themselves so that they can thrive in life, right? Yeah. So that's what we need to help them do now. So when this child has really extreme clothing sensitivities, we, we don't want to just get through. And I know it's it's easy to get to that point where you're like, please just get, we need to get to work. But this is a long-term situation. This is a beautiful opportunity when you really think about it. It's hard, but it's an opportunity to help your child understand themselves and 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 um, meet their needs. Mm-hmm. So say, helping them understand which type of clothing, which type of thing. Mm-hmm. What is it? Let's, let's shop. Let's figure this out. If it's literally, sometimes our, our folks we work with, they're like, well, it would be fine, but it's only one outfit. And we're like, okay, so there's one outfit that your child will wear? Well, that's amazing. amazing. Well, why won't they just, just wear that every day? And they're like, oh, because that's embarrassing. And we're like, but they're sensory sensitive and they have an outfit that they would wear. Mm-hmm. Like, please just let them and wear that. And bigger point, like, it's their body. Right. Like come body, circling back choice. to the to the thumb sucking. It's our kid's body, our kid's choice. And maybe that's why it's taking an hour because you're trying to be respectful and trying Mm -hmm. not to wrestle the clothes on or shame them for resisting or any of the things. Yeah, but a child will, that age, will probably know which things work and don't work, even Mm -hmm. if they're dirty, even if they have holes in them, even if they've worn them yesterday or every day this week. So what's the most important here? Yeah. Yeah. And what can you leave the house with and get the rest on in the car, get Mm -hmm. the rest on in class? I think so often, you're right, they're roadblocks. We're like, no, the hat... And the whole outfit and the coat and the stockings and, and the turned. book and the backpack on right. to walk out. Right. Scrap scene. That, that's part of yeah. tearing <laughs> up the script. That's is tearing up the You're sketches. Like underwear, uh-huh. everything else in a bag. Underwear. Let's do yes, this. That's it. Right. Like bring the brush. Right. right? But I was going to say with brushing also, I think we can think about not just in the moment how we can show up in a collaborative, curious, positive way. So prepare ourselves ahead of time. It could be a little bit of a time, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think also... Before then, we can say, I know that getting dressed, my child has been without clothes. And then all of a sudden, they have to put clothes on within a time crunch. Mm -hmm. And that can be a a real affront to their nervous systems. What can I do with them before they put clothes on to prepare and regulate their nervous systems, get them back to a sense of balance? Maybe they need some dry brushing, Mm -hmm. right? To get their nervous, you know, all of their nerves going and to feel better. Maybe they need need some trampolining. Yeah, or just walk around holding them upside down. Have their little hands do kind of the... Right. The wheelbarrow walk. But uh, very often, fabrics can just pound for pound 100% of the time, whatever, bother a child. But oftentimes, it can also just – that's the the back and forth where you're like, but you wore that yesterday and now it's itchy. It's because their nervous system is being triggered by this fabric. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not all the time. Sometimes they can be sensory sensitive and sometimes they can be sensory seeking. Mm-hmm. But I think that we have to remember we can, we can um, nurture their nervous systems in a lot of ways that can then help them to put the clothes on yeah. more easily. I think it's been yeah. such a theme in this episode is talking about nervous systems and talking about building self-awareness so that our kids know what's going on in their body, mm-hmm. right? Know what, what's going on with their nervous system. Know what's going on with their needs, mm-hmm. right? 
That's, that's all we have to do is take the, our, the conditioning that tells us to focus everything on the external, <clears throat> everything on the socialization for our kids. You have to do this. You have to listen to me. You can't do this. You've got to stop doing this. And instead say, can we take all of those things? They're okay. And instead make them a conversation between two people with the primary goal of tuning my child into what they're experiencing right now. Because if our kids learn to understand themselves then they can begin to understand others. It's mm-hmm. not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Kids don't learn about themselves by mm-hmm. learning about others first. Mm-hmm. That's backwards. Yeah. We want our kids to learn and understand what it feels like to feel jealous, to feel mm-hmm. sad, to feel angry, to feel yeah. excited, to feel hyper or manic. Because once they know that and their body has that wisdom, that's what creates empathy. Mm-hmm. It's not getting information about what uh, the impact of their behavior on other people mm-hmm. before then or prematurely. Yeah, it sounds so permissive yeah. and uh, privileged, mm-hmm. right? To say, focus, lean in lovingly. Focus your kid back on themselves, right? And I think that we think about this word self, right? And we don't, everyone wants to avoid selfishness right? And want them to be selfless. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to keep remembering, we don't necessarily want our kids to be selfish. We certainly don't want them to be selfless when they're little because we want them to be connected to themselves. We want them truly to be self-centered, centered centered in the self. Mm -hmm. It's been a word that's been co-opted as as something nasty to think about yourself, especially for women. Women, Mm -hmm. don't be self-centered, female-centered actually, mm-hmm. right? But we want our children to be self-centered. And that's the biggest hoax of, of our <clears throat> our conditioning and parenting is saying, don't ever have a self-centered kid. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, rude, bratty, self-centered, selfish kids. That's like you failed officially as a parent if you have a kid who's self-centered. <clears throat> being centered in the self is being in your power, is mm-hmm. being whole, right? Is being authentic. Mm-hmm. And when that is allowed, hierarchies can't exist. And that's why what we're working against here mm-hmm. in, in our in our homes is saying we're in a hierarchy, the first hierarchy our kid is ever going to experience. What are we teaching them about that? Are we teaching them that they are whole and that their needs and who they are matters so they can fully understand that, believe in it, have permission to seek it out and honor it and protect it for others too? Or are we telling them they don't matter, which is what they're going to learn about others as well, yeah. right? So that's what we're going for. We're focusing on that self. We're leaning into that fear. We're fighting against that white patriarchy that tells us. Um, don't that, focus on yourself. That the self, don't focus on the inside. Focus on, mm-hmm. on the structural institutions. Focus on how things look. Mm-hmm. Focus, on, focus your attention on everyone else and their pleasure and their needs right. before thinking about yourself and what you need. That's not a change maker. That's mm-hmm. not a thought leader, right? That's not a risk taker. Right. That's not the future that we want to be perpetuating, right? Yeah, that was pretty backward. Mm-hmm. Pretty radical. We're grateful that you're here on this trip with us, on this adventure. It's been a chill night. I'm ready for bed. Me too. Seriously, it's been a week, everybody. We love you. Thanks you're for being here. You're all doing an amazing here. job. You should be proud of yourself. Just thinking about this, just talking about this, just taking the time is such a privilege. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Um, we're also lucky to be to be thinking about this, learning from one another, sharing, mm-hmm. moving forward little by little. It's all moving forward, even when um, we struggle to show up exactly how we would want to. That's okay. Everything is forward motion, forward movement, progress. Agreed. Yeah. We have a 20% off sale and on all our guides in our shop mm-hmm. with the code RESIST. So check that out through the weekend. Um, yeah. And we will see you all next, next week. Um, next week, everyone. Thanks for being here. 